Amen and amen. You may be seated. I bet you didn't think this uh, service was going to be this interesting today, huh? But I was reminded looking at the, the candles as the lights went out of that great verse, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Let us be an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you for the gift of worship, worshiping your spirit and power that no darkness, no evil can ever overcome. And we are reminded of that, especially today, Lord. You are the greatest power on earth, and your love is what sustains us and what drives us. And now, Lord, you have given me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word to these, my friends, and your servants. Lord, a task always needs your strength in order to do. So, Lord, speak to me and through me in such a way that all of us do receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives, because we're all searching for a word from you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is your faith working for you? Is it making a difference to your life? Does it help you overcome obstacles and challenges? Does it inspire you? Does it excite you? Or is your faith now just a series of numbing obligations? Honestly, in, in my ministry, I come across a lot of people who grew up in the church, went to Sunday school, memorized Bible verses, went to MYF, and all, the whole nine yards. But as they begin, become older and become adults, they discover all of a sudden that their faith simply does not work for them anymore. Sometimes they're college students who have more questions than answers. Sometimes they're adults that go through a crisis, some kind of horrific time in their life, and they discover the faith they learn really is not adequate for them anymore. Some grew up in fundamentalist households where they were taught legalism as faith, and so when they get older, they want nothing to do with the church. And honestly, I can't blame them. And yet there are some people who grew up in very healthy churches and their faith has simply dried up. And you need to know that I have a heart for people like that. I really do. And one of the reasons I have a heart for people like that is because I often share the same hang-ups about religion that they have. I mean, I, I don't believe you need to check your brain at the door when it comes to religion, when you come to church. I believe doubt sometimes is a good thing. And I can't stand when religion is singled out as simply rule-following. So I have a heart for people like that. And oftentimes when I sit with them and I share my perspective of faith... Often they're very relieved. They feel liberated. And I'm able to share with them a perspective of faith that revitalizes them, that re-energizes them, that excites them about the faith again. And this morning, that's what I want to do for many of you. Because I have a feeling that there are some of you here in worship today, and maybe you know some folks in this category, where their faith simply does not work for them anymore. doesn't excite them anymore. doesn't inspire them anymore. doesn't empower them anymore. And I believe the message I have today is going to help you get excited about your faith again. Because one of the things I've learned in my experience as a pastor is when folks get to a place in their lives where they feel like their faith does not work for them anymore, it's because they're forgetting one of the most important things about the faith. And this thing is not a principle, it's not dogma, it's not an idea, it's something that was communicated to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation. That's right, we're going to talk about the book of Revelation today. Now, it's, to me, it's one of the most misunderstood books in all of the Bible. 
Oftentimes we think Revelation is like the Jurassic Park of the Bible. Amen? That's not really what it is. It has been misinterpreted and misunderstood. But the church at Ephesus was trying its best to survive persecution by the Roman government. And by all appearances, they were doing a good job. They were saying the right things. They were doing the right things. Yet the Lord looked beyond their orthodoxy. He looked beyond their religiosity, beyond their morality, and knew they had lost their way. So the Lord inspired John to plead with the church, to urge the church to get back to where it all began. And I want you to listen closely to these words from the book of Revelation, because I believe they reveal the very heart of God. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Now, John was addressing two groups of people, I believe. The first group were those who were trying so hard with such zeal about right belief And they were judging other people about their beliefs that they forgot that their first job was to love those people. But there's another group, and that's the group I'm addressing today. And these were folks who had simply burned out in their faith. Oh, they were doing the right things. They were saying the right things. But the love of God was not driving their faith anymore. And everything had simply dried up when it comes to their faith. And the Lord was saying to them through John, you have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten your relationship with me. You have forgotten that I'm the one that empowers you. It is my love that helps you. Does that sound familiar? Is that where you are today? Maybe you've come to the place in your faith where you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I'm here in church, but I just don't feel it anymore. I just don't feel empowered anymore. I'm just not excited anymore. I've done this for a long time, and it simply does not work. As I said before, this message, I believe, is going to help you. Because one of the things about our faith that we need to be reminded of is that our religion is not a religion. It is a relationship. The point of our faith is not a principle. It is a person. Jesus Christ does not point the way. Jesus Christ is the way. And when we forget that, our faith will never work. You see, religion is simply rule following. But Christianity is following Jesus Christ. Religion is exhausting, but following Jesus Christ is life-giving. And one of the reasons why it's life-giving, and one of the reasons why it's so empowering, is because when we truly follow Jesus Christ, we are reminded that we are children of God. We are precious children of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a child of God. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a child of God. We're a precious children of God. And that fact is not based upon performance. It's not based upon our success. It's not based upon the fact that we follow rules. It's based upon the fact that we are simply are. God created us and we are saved by grace through faith. Now, Wayne Cadero, he had the, the tough job. He's really suffered for Jesus. He had to serve a church in Hawaii. Really hard stuff, right? And he recalls going to a preschool concert one time during Christmas time for his, for his grandchildren. 
And they were about three years old. Then he, he got to the school, and this, this place was packed. This little auditorium was filled with parents. And so the children finally came in, and they were in their red capes, and they had glitter all over their hair, and they got on their risers. And there was one willing-hearted teacher, there's always one, God bless them, who was ready to lead them in song. And she went, one, two, three, and she began a solo. None of the children sang. Guess what they did? Hi, Mommy! Hi, Daddy! Hi, Mommy! Hi, Daddy! It was chaos, formless and void. And when they finished, the parents rushed that stage like it was a Bon Jovi concert, taking pictures. Oh, did they take pictures? And Godero says, when he was walking out of that concert and they were going to a reception area for refreshments, he thought to himself, They just gave a standing ovation to the worst concert I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) They just screamed and yelled for the worst concert I had ever been to. But then he saw it. A dad picked up his little girl who was in the concert and said, Sweetheart, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You see, those parents didn't applaud those children based upon their performance. They applaud them because that was their child up there. That was their child. And sometimes I forget that. And I hear God say to me, you know, Charlie, and that's why I applaud you. That has nothing to do with your performance. That has nothing to do with the fact that you follow certain rules. It's because you're my child. And I love you. And we all need to get back to that. We all need to get back to God's embrace of us. I think that's the most important thing someone can do when they, when they find their faith just not work for them anymore. And amazing things happen to us when we get back to that embrace of God, that love relationship with God. I want to share a few of those today. And one of the amazing things that happen when we get back to God's embrace is we are given the power to change. You know, the Bible says... We are changed from glory to glory, not gory to gory, but glory to glory. It is God who does the changing, not us. And we, in the United Methodist tradition, call that the process of sanctification. Wesley reminded us that it is the power of God's grace that moves us on towards perfection and love. And it's God who does the changing. On our own, we can never do it. But as we embrace God's embrace of us, we are able to make the changes we're called to make. And I'm often reminded of this when I think of the, you know, when Brandy and I were first dating. This is before we got married. And I quickly discovered that she had different taste in music than me. You see, I, as I mentioned last week, I'm a big fan of 80s hard rock and blues. But Brandy, I quickly discovered she liked boy bands. And in particular, in sync. Are they still around? Are they? That's too bad. But she loved sync, And I was at the mall one time during Christmas. Y'all know what a mall is? Yeah. And I went to a, a mall and I was thinking about what can I get Brandy for Christmas? I love her so much. And I don't know what happened to me. I mean, it was like an out-of-body experience. I went to a place where you could buy concert tickets. And I don't know, something came over me. I went to that place to buy the tickets. And I began to say something. And I said, give me the best tickets to the NSYNC concert. And I wanted those words back when I said them. 
And I got them, and they were good seats. And we went to the concert. It was at Tampa Bay Stadium. And, of course, we had the best seats. We were on the ground, and it was raining cats and dogs. And the median age was about 13. And I was praying, Lord, if you have any mercy at all, any grace that I believe in, you will cancel this very concert. But the rain stopped. And the concert began and the screams and the screams. And my wife was one of them. I was jealous. She just rushed the stage. But then I noticed my wife having a good time. And I began to listen to the music. And at the risk of getting beat up by my closest buddies, I began to have a good time. I began to enjoy the music. But you know what? I would have never bought those tickets or gone to that concert if it wasn't for my love for Brandy and my embrace of her embrace of me. Relationship gives us the power to change. And it's the same way with God. So often I forget that and God says to me, Lord, you, Lord, I say, Lord, I can't make this change in my life. You got to help me. And the Lord says, come back to me. Come back to my heart. Come back to my embrace and I'll give you the power to change. You know, John 5, 3 says this, and this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Why are they not burdensome? Because of the love relationship we have with God and in his embrace and in his love. You see, love has what we like to call a creative affinity, which means the more we love something, the more we become like that very thing we love. I mean, you ever seen older couples and they begin to look like each other as they get older? You know what I'm talking about? They look just like each other. And what is that? The love is forming them together. And it's the same way with our Lord and his amazing love for us. The more we embrace that love, the more we become like that love. Our love relationship with God gives us the power to change. But there's another thing that relationship does. That love relationship with God, when we're called back to it, gives us the power to forgive. I know forgiveness is hard. Resentment is a lot easier. And maybe today if you feel stuck in your faith and you're just not growing, it might be because of resentment. There's nothing that kills faith more than resentment. Because you know that old saying, resentment is like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. And maybe there's some of you here in worship and there are folks in your life that you resent. Someone said something to you or did something to you and you have always resented it and you've always said, I will never forgive them as long as I live. But I'll tell you this, you will never be free. You'll never find joy. You'll never grow in your faith until you can forgive them. Now it's hard. It's a process. I know. But is it your faith and your soul worth it? Philip Yancey loves to tell that that often quoted story about a about a, a, a father and son in Spain who had a fight, a bad fight. Awful things were said. The son was really upset. And so he left the father and went to Madrid. And the father was so apologetic. He was so upset about the fight. And he was rehearsing his apology speech when his son would return. But his son never returned. He waited and waited every day, but his son never returned. 
And so the father had a plan. He would go to Madrid to find his boy. And so when he got there, he got all these posters and put up these posters for his son. And he went to the newspaper office and took out a classified ad. And this is what the ad said. Dear Paco, my son, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon tomorrow. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. Now, Paco is a common name in Spain, like Jim or John in America. And also, he signed it, your father. So at noon the next day, you know what happened? That Paco and that father, they were there to reconcile, but also there were over 800 Pacos standing outside that office, waiting to be forgiven and to reconcile. Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Is there some kind of resentment that is holding tight to you? I know it's hard. I get it. I mean, I've been at a place in my life where I didn't want to forgive someone. It just hurt me so bad. But you know what has helped me? I do something that really helps me in those moments. I sit down quietly somewhere and I imagine Jesus sitting with me. And I imagine Jesus taking my hand and saying, I know. I know. And Jesus says to me, I imagine, not in a guilt-ridden way, he says, but Charlie, I have forgiven you so much. And he has. What's the Bible say? 1 John 4.19, we love because what? He first loved us. And in Luke 7, it says, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. I'm often reminded of that verse when I think about when I first moved to John's Creek. And it was one of the first nights we were there. My sister Jill, who lives in Woodstock, Georgia, and her her friend Bob, they came to, to see me in the church and wanted to go out to dinner. And so after I showed them the church, they said, well, where do you want to, get, want to go to dinner? Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Ever have that fight? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? And so I thought to myself, you know what? I think there's a barbecue place that's supposed to open up soon. But I don't know if it's open. So we drove down the street, and there was that barbecue place. And the place was packed. There were all these cars. I said, they're open. They're open. Let's go. And so we went inside. And there was a hostess with a clipboard. And she said, are you registered? I said, registered for what? Well, sir, this is a special VIP event. It's a soft opening just for special guests of the owner. And I said, well, in that case, I'm Charlie Reeve, the new mayor of Johns Creek. Nice to meet you. I said, just kidding. But she said, it was just great. She goes, I'll tell you what, just go on in. Just go on in. Yeah. Must have been my red hair. And then we were met with another hostess with a big smile. And she said, here, here are coupons for you. You can use the next time. But everything you order tonight is on the house. Oh my gosh, we had come to the right place. And so we ordered everything under the sun. We ate like we were committing a crime. We ate everything we could imagine. It was like we were dining and dashing. I'd never done that before, but it felt like it. At the end of our meal, we said to the manager, can we tip? No, no, don't worry. It's part of their paycheck. And we got into the parking lot and we're high-fiving each other. This is great. This is wonderful. Isn't this great? But what if I had done this? What if I had turned to my sister Jill and her friend Bob and said, 
you know, this was my idea. So I want you to go back into that restaurant, tally up all the things you ate, and give that money to me. You owe me that. Are you kidding? We had all received grace that day. Grace upon grace. And for me to do that would have betrayed the very grace that we had received. Our love relationship with God gives us the power to change and it gives us the power to forgive. But there is another thing it does. And maybe there are some of you in worship today that came for this very word. And that is our love relationship with God gives us power over fear. I don't know what you're afraid of. But I know that many of us bring in our fears today. In fact, maybe it's the fear in your life that is keeping you from growing in your faith. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. The love of God is greater than fear. Because the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. And I'll tell you this, as sure as I stand here and preach to you, Whenever I'm afraid, and when I've been afraid in my life, there has been one text of Scripture I've relied upon over and over again. It has gotten me through more times. It is Romans 8. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No, the greatest no in the Bible. For I am convinced, Paul said, I am absolutely persuaded That there is nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. There is nothing. My son Paul reminds me of this. You know, he's afraid of storms. Well, I'm afraid of them too, but he's afraid of them. And one time recently, there was a, a bad, bad storm, thunderstorm. It was lightning. And I was laying on the couch, and he ran to me all scared, and he was shivering. He said, hold me, Daddy, hold me, Daddy, hold me, Daddy, hold me, Daddy. I'm scared. And I held him. And after a minute or two, he stopped shaking. I said, Paul, are you still scared? He said, no, Daddy. You're here. You're with me. I don't know what you're facing today, a a tough conversation at work tomorrow, a doctor's appointment this week, something you don't talk to people about, but that fear is there. I want you to know this. The Lord our God is with you, and he loves you, and he will never abandon you. Our love relationship with God gives us the power to change. It gives us the power to forgive. And it truly gives us the power over fear. And this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Eternal God, draw us back to your love, not dogma, not right belief, not a particular interpretation but your love, your love for us and our love for you. Because we know when we finally get back to that is when we find inspiration and the strength we need.
It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us uh, this morning. Hope it's been a time of inspiration and, and meaning for you as we celebrate the love of our God. Receive this benediction. And now may that love of God and Christ Jesus be with all of us. And the guidance and the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon us. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with us and sustain us both now and forevermore. Amen.